Hello there, my friends. Welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you have reserved this time to spend with me. We talk all about stories here, the ones you're living and the ones you are writing. This is, if you are listening live, this is the middle of summer in the Northern Hemisphere, or at least it feels like the middle in Seattle, Washington, because we have had a few wonderful weeks of beautiful weather. And there's something I know that many writers look forward to when summer comes, and that is they get these great ideas that this will be the summer when they write that good old American novel that they've been thinking about for a long time. They're going to they're going to write their best selling book. These these energies get going because it's summertime. I think it started because many authors were, of course, either teaching or going to school and in the summer, you're away from school. So it's time to write. And the question is, can one do it in the framework of just one summer? Mm. Well, let's say you're thinking about doing this. I would really, really love to support you, especially if you are thinking you're going to write your very first novel. This is an exciting time. If you've been putting your characters in your mind each morning, watching your storyline develop as you commute to work and dabbling with the narration of it, thinking about the main conflict or the beautiful climax and how you're going to resolve it. If all this has been going on in your mind and now it's summertime, it's time to put pen to paper, time to get in front of the computer and start going. Well, I have some tips and tricks for you because you're going to want to explore your talents and really harness your skills if you're going to take the next 90 days to write your very first novel. And again, if it is your first novel, there are just some things you must know. You must know. It's not going to work out. So we're going to do our darndest in this one-hour show to help you get going with your first novel. I've got I've got about six things jotted down here that we can talk about. And if we have time, we will talk about more areas. These are just six things that you got to have going on if you're going to write your very first novel. Now, my hope is that this is going to elicit conversation and you are going to call me and tell me what's on your mind so I can help you today, all right? This is more than just a radio talk show. This is also, you could say, my classroom. 
I am a longtime writing teacher and a spiritual mentor to many. I am a writing coach. Fiction is not something I get to coach people on that often. But when I do, I'll tell you, it tends to be summertime. So if you've been thinking this is the time for you to write your first novel and you really want to jump in, you don't necessarily have to expect that you're going to get the whole thing done this summer, but you want to make an honest go at it. I have three spots available in my one-on-one coaching where I will help you get at least to the halfway point maybe to the completion of your first draft for your novel. It is such an exciting thing to do in the summertime. You're developing character, you're working out storyline, you're taking them through events. Sometimes you're just laughing your heart out at what you're creating. Sometimes you're a little teary. Sometimes you're remembering things from your own life and you're wondering if little bits of it can work into your story. Writing your first novel is exciting. And I I want to just break down a couple of things right now that a lot of people intimidate themselves with. One is people think the the best novel I ever read was 300 pages. I don't know if I have 300 pages in me. Yours doesn't have to be 300 pages. I read a beautiful story by John Steinbeck called The Pearl. And I'm just by memory, I'm guessing that that thing was 60 pages at the most, at the most. Uh, Yours does not have to be 300 pages long. You do not, by the end of summer, have to have all of your edits done. No, no. When you draft a novel, you're, you're going for the main overarching bits you can get down on paper. So don't put the pressure on yourself that it needs to be done by the end of summer. And definitely don't put pressure on yourself that you've got to have an agent lined up and a publisher ready to go and your book tour all lined up. No, 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 no. You're writing your first novel. Give yourself a break. Go with it. Have fun with it. Take your journal or your laptop outside. Be in the sun and just let it rip. Have fun with it. By the way, If you want some coaching today, you can call me. This is a platform where we do a lot of writing, so I do find that most people write to me, but I do want you to know you can always call, and the number is 1-888-298-5569. I will also be taking your questions from Facebook, If you care to send me a DM, you can always send a direct message my way through social media. And then my email address, I'll have my email open as well. So I got my eyes on a couple of screens here. And my email is debbie at coachdebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. 
So my email, Debbie at CoachDebbie.com, D-E-B-B-Y. I'd love to hear what's on your mind. Are you thinking about writing your first novel? If you want some hand-holding this summer, I would love to do that with you. And you would just go to my website or send me an email. My website is just CoachDebbie.com. Again, that's D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. And you can click on Connect and send me a little note. It can be as short as, Dear Debbie, I really want to write my very first novel, Love, Joe Writer. I mean, really, it can be that simple. And I'll write back and I'll ask you some questions. We'll get the conversation going and we'll find out if I'm a good fit for you or not. And if I'm not, trust me, I know many people that I could refer you to or services. So if you really want to get going on your very first novel, never fear. I can help you take those steps and start making that a dream come true for you. So let's dive into this, okay? One thing that is really, really essential is that as you start your very first novel, you're going to have to have some great concept, some wonderful idea. And it can be far out there, right? It doesn't have to be something of this world. A great novel can have aliens in it. Whether we know aliens are of this world or not in some way, it it can have things that we don't think of as modern day reality. You can bring back the dinosaur. In fact, wasn't wasn't Jurassic Park actually about bringing back the dinosaur? I say that as someone that didn't follow it. You can uh, bring back, I had a fantasy writer that always incorporated a magic carpet ride. Uh, Dialyn J, I think was her last name. That, that can add so much to your first novel's concept. We've got a handy dandy magic carpet that you can jump on anytime you need. Harry Potter, I mean, my goodness, look at all of the things from that storyline that is not necessarily in your everyday life, right? You need some sort of great concept. It can be really far out. It can be modern day if you are really, really able to hold how that concept progresses over the chapters. I mean, honestly, it can be as simple as writing about, uh, let's say, a librarian who is contemplating retirement. I mean, doesn't that sound like, hmm, that doesn't really sound like a great first novel. Well, what if, what if we took the concept to, here's a librarian really, really sick and tired of being surrounded by books. And one day while she's 
filing away some books. She pushes on the bookshelf and she finds a magic door. (gasps) Yeah, there's all kinds of magic doors in all kinds of novels. And it takes something ordinary, someone sick and tired of their job, and puts them in an extraordinary situation. So rule number one, when you are writing your very first novel, think about a concept that could be quite the moneymaker that isn't necessarily of this world. That maybe, even if it is of this world, it's not of your everyday life. It's kind of out there, but you control the storyline and you make it rich and you make it fun for the people reading. One of my very, very favorite storylines was um, 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 The Wizard of Oz. I mean, think about that storyline. You've got three really really, really vivid characters, plus a girl and her little dog. And they're running from the witch and they're seeking the wizard's advice because they've lost their way in more ways than one. They've lost their way from their courage, from their heart, from their common sense. They've lost their way due to storm. And what the story ends up being about once we really do run away from the wicked witch and we find our way past the false wizard and to the good witch, what we do find in that story is that you always carry a sense of home with you. And that's revealed in the ruby ruby slippers. So think about that for a minute. That's not something you run across every day. Do you do you run into uh, scarecrows that talk to you on your way to work? Probably not. But that story, that was a moneymaker of a story. You get to let your mind go wherever you want it to go. This is your novel. So play with it. Get rich with it. Have fun with it. The next thing I want to talk about with your novel is that you're going to need a reliable narrator, okay? Now, you might be thinking, well, it's my book. I'll narrate it. And to a degree, that's true. But what I'm suggesting is that in the novel, it could be that you have developed a main character and you have assigned the narration to that main character. Maybe that main character will always speak in first person. I think for your first novel, this is the more simple way to go. I won't say easy, but I think it's simple to have a main character that you relate to And you work with that character from the I voice. Now, what you can also do is be more of an omniscient observer of the story. You have to be a little more careful with that. It's going to require a little more skill because you can't 
how can I say this? When when you are the omniscient narrator, meaning you know all, you know all taking place as you narrate the story, your main character doesn't know all, but the voice narrating does, you have to watch out that you don't all of a sudden assign the knowledge of all to one of your characters. You have to make sure that you are speaking as the observer watching and that you don't get kind of caught up in the head of one character. If you find you do, then it's time to go back and maybe slip into first person. That would help you out. Again, you're revealing point of view when you are working out your narrator. Is this point of view, is this story going to be from, let's say your main character is is five when the story begins and 30 when the story ends? You're really going to have to be thoughtful about being in the different age groups of that main character while you're narrating. Another thing to think about is that your your narration, it actually doesn't have to be a person if you don't want it to be. I read a book by John Zusek that was called... Ah, oh, I got it right on the tip of my tongue. I got it right on the tip of my tongue. The the book thief, the book thief. That was it, the book thief. Oh, this is a really, really good story. And guess who narrates it? It's set in the time of war and it is narrated by the voice of death. And it is so interesting. In fact, I had to have... The person that recommended the book, my sister-in-law, uh, I had to go to her 30 pages in and say, I I really like the words and the setting and everything, but I'm having a hard time getting into it. And she said, okay, I'm just going to give it away. The narrator is death. And I said, oh, how did I miss that? And when I went back and started reading from beginning again, now. I was really, really hooked into the book. It's a very, very interesting concept. Another narrator could be an angel. A narrator could be a small child. This this sets up the point of view in a really interesting and often omniscient way. And I suggest uh, to my more advanced writers, but if you want to just have fun, Go for it if this is your first novel. There's so much you can do with narration. The key thing is to really, really start to establish some consistency. So listen, my friends, I have opened up this topic wide for you. We're talking about writing your first novel. It's time for me to take my first commercial break. Think about writing to me. Send me your question. And I'm going to be right back.
You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Welcome back, my friends. We are talking about writing your first novel. Woo! This can be so much fun. I get so excited when I think about fiction writing. In fact, this morning I got up and I was going over my show notes and I just I just felt so much energy and it wasn't even six o'clock in the morning. It's one of those really, really fun ways to spend putting ideas down on paper. And I have found, because I've been a member of several different writing groups where we collaborated together, we talked about our characters, we worked out our plots, all of this great stuff. We read our stories together. It was just a really fun way to build community. Nobody judged the other if, you know, summer came along and you weren't done that really wasn't the point in the end. It just, it felt so good to take it on as a project. I know some of the people that I used to be in community with have gone on and really collected a practice for themselves and what I would like to call even a fiction writing side career where Maybe they they do different writing for their work or different work for their their means, but they really have a commitment to putting out a certain number of stories, whether they're short stories or memoir stories, and their fiction. And it's really, really exciting to get these emails from people. And sometimes even just a little first three chapters of what they're working on. And they'll say, will you, will you run your eyes over this and just see if you think I'm, I'm on track, if I should keep up with this. Summertime is such a fun time to be dabbling with this. It can totally turn off the fears around writing. When you get involved in fiction writing and you're making things up, you're you're coming away from, oh, I need to do this article for work and, oh, I've got to get all my research and end notes right and, oh, I've got to impress the boss. You're getting away from that kind of writing and you're more into the craft of how characters work things out. That's what's going on in fiction. In an interesting way, it mimics real life. You have to be observing real life and a good participant 
of real life to really take on fiction writing. And you just might be much better at this than you even know. So today what I'm doing is talking to you about maybe just five or six or seven of the top talents and tools I want you to be exploring while you dabble with that very first novel. I want you to take it on. It will be so fun, and I want you to call on my help if you want some support. I am at CoachDebbie.com, and that is D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. I have opened up three private set, um, three private coaching segments, so one for you, one for your friend, one for your bestie, whoever. I would love to be your coach through the summer and help you write your first novel. So this is what we've been talking about so far. You really need a really cool concept, something that you think is really cool, whether it is of this world or not. You've got to have some great concept. That's going to be your moneymaker. That's going to help you get that story established because the concept is solid. You need a reliable, steady narrator. And for a lot of people, that means using your main character as that first person narrator, keeping it in the I voice. If you want to bump it up, make it a little more challenging, go for a more omniscient omniscient voice. It is the voice of all knowing. It can be um, the it can be the observer of just a close tight-knit group of characters. I would suggest that if it's your first novel, don't have too many characters. But it could even be something that's not of this world, like an angel or like an alien that is observing our world. You can go wherever you want to go. This is your novel. Now, you are going to need to, this is very important, you're going to need to develop in your mind who your main character is. And that's going to help inform you of who your main character needs as, if we were doing the movies, as supporting actors, supporting actresses. So your main character might be, let's say, an 18-year-old male coming of age. They can often be very, very entertaining people. So let's just run with this. Your main character might be 18-year-old male coming of age. Well, he's going to need characters in his life that help illuminate where the story's going. So you want to think of characters he's going to befriend, and you want to think of characters that are going to be opposing him. So right away, when I think of an 18-year-old male coming of age, I can imagine that he might have 
a very best friend, someone he grew up with in his hometown, his bestie. Uh, He'd probably call him his buddy. I think bestie is a girl term. Uh, But his buddy, his lifelong buddy. So that's going to be a great supporting character to sketch out in your mind, get a clear glimpse of who this person is in the story. Now, an opposing character might be someone like, let's say your 18-year-old goes into... Uh, the army. So it could be his drill sergeant. Uh huh. That character is going to play a very important part in your story. It could be um, someone in his family, could be his grandfather that's always been really harsh with him. Could be, I don't know, you get to pick. That's the beauty of this. You get to pick. When you know who your main character is, the next thing I want you to do as you're setting up your story here, you're you're in the setting up phase. You're getting ready to write your novel. I want you to think about the general role that your character plays in the story. So for example, Is your character uh, a good guy? Is he the one that everybody likes and gets along with? Is he the one that can do no harm? I'm going to tell you this. As you you see your character, you're going to need to think of how plot is going to make the character more interesting. So believe it or not, an overall good guy is not all that fascinating to a reader, but his plot might be an overall good guy can have all kinds of stormy weather fall on him. And that makes your first novel totally interesting. The all around good guy showed up in a TV series I was watching called Love. And it's it's just these two young kids And they fall in love, and this guy can do no wrong, but so much wrong comes upon him while his girlfriend is just this mess. I mean, she is such a mess in every way you can imagine. So the good guy has to have a really interesting plot. Whereas, let's say your guy Maybe you make him into more of a bad boy, you know, an outlaw. Now, he's going to be where so much of the interest is. And the plot line doesn't have to have lots of highs and lots of lows because the highs and lows are happening within him. Okay? So what we're thinking about in this part of the story is we've already got a great concept. We already know who's going to be narrating it. And now we're developing those characters and plots. We're thinking about the fact that you you can have a good guy, you can have an outlaw, you can have a robber, you can have a scholar, 
You can have whoever you want. You might even think of it in terms of psychology. So you might think of it like um, a hero. You might think of it like maybe even that psychological wanderer. Do you know what I mean? That when when I teach archetypes to my students, the wanderer is, and it, and it often is, the male coming of age that gets assigned the wanderer characteristics. It's that character who is looking for himself, and he's a little concerned that he's going to run out of time. Now, funny as it is, when we're 18 years old, we have our whole life in front of us, we think, and we also think that we're supposed to have it all figured out. The wanderer is really interested in having a sense of adventure, but he also comes up against the conflict of being someone who's wandering his way through life and isn't necessarily in that stage of sage wisdom. So he runs into a fair amount of conflict, that wanderer. You can think of your character as having these assigned psychological ways about them, and that's going to make your character even richer to you. If your character is rich to you, then the likelihood that it's going to be rich for your reader is very strong. Now, I see that Nick has written in. We're going to go to our second break in a minute. And Nick, I will take a look at your question. That looks like a little bit of a long one. So I'm going to do my best to get to that. Before we go to the break, I want to tell you that while there are like 25 traits that can make up a great write your first novel class, these ones I'm sharing with you in the hour today are going to help you decide if this feels like a really fun puzzle to take on for the summer or if it just doesn't ring true for you. Because if you don't like the idea of developing a plot, writing a novel just really, it's not for you. If you don't like the idea of really honing in and listening to how are you going to structure and follow this narrative, it's really not for you. What you might do in that case is think about how the short story can serve you. It has similar characteristics, but it doesn't require the depth that novel writing does. If you have any questions for me about short story writing, novel writing, I want to invite you to write to me. My email is debbie at coachdebbie.com. It is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. And like I said, I have opened up a few seats for one-on-one coaching this summer because it occurred to me you might be thinking about a novel, about fiction, 
It's such a fun time to dive into it. I would love to be your coach if you are setting yourself up to write your first novel. Let me take a little break here so I can see what Nick has written in, but stay tuned. We're going to come right back. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. We're talking about a really, really fun idea today, and that is writing your first novel. I'm so glad to receive this question from Nick. This is actually a point I was going to make, Nick, but I really, I love this little piece here that you wrote. Uh, I'm not going to read your whole note, But I really like this piece here where you say, I didn't feel like I was so successful with my first shot at writing the novel. And looking back, I think it's because I didn't know how to deal with what my teacher called the entry point. I guess that's basically the beginning. But to me, this required a lot of buildup to her it was weighing down the story. Okay, you said some really good things in the other parts of your letter, but I want to focus on this, Nick. I think this is really going to help you out. Knowing your entry point is a very, very important piece of writing a novel, whether it's your first or your 21st. And what we've talked about so far is getting a clear concept of your story. We talked about narrating. We talked a little bit about developing character and how knowing your character will help you know the amount of drama you want in your plot. But this, this, what you're bringing up here, knowing your entry point is very important. So let me try to explain this to you, Nick. When when people write, let's say, a biography, they will begin with, you know, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts in this year to the family on West Palm Street. And we grew up with uh, seven siblings And we drove a station wagon. You know, they give you every little thing from the starting point of their life. Because in a biography, that helps you get rooted in the character. Now, a novel 
is not the same. A novel does not require that we know your character from birth to death or from birth to point in time. An autobiography, if I wrote an autobiography at age 75 and I live to be 95, the last 20 years of my life, are not going to be in it, but the first 75 years are going to be quite rich, right? So what I want to say about that is the novel does not need to encompass the whole of one's life or the majority of one's life, but the novel must do this. The novel must deal with theme and conflict that you have assigned to your character. So, coming back to what you're asking me now, Nick, if the theme of your character, let's let's try on the one I was playing with earlier. So I've got an 18-year-old boy coming of age, and his best buddy is going to be in the story, and his drill sergeant are two main characters that are going to be supporting our number one main character. Uh, so let, let's give him a name. We're just going to call him uh, uh, Andy Army. <laughs> How's that? So Andy is going to boot camp. I mean, we can start right there with him going to boot camp. We don't have to go all the way back to his birth. It's not essential. If, let's say, you are writing a story where... Um, let, me, let me try an example for you out of one of my stories here. Maybe you... Maybe, Nick, you know the author uh, Raymond Carver. One of my absolute favorites uh, from Washington. Uh, he passed away many, many years ago now. And his themes were often around people just sort of hanging out, having cocktails, experiencing a day in life. Uh, he was a short story writer, not necessarily a novelist, but he was pro at starting a story. So let me read to you this opening line, and then we're going to talk about it for a minute here. His opening line from his story, Cathedral, reads like this. This man, an old friend of my wife's, he was on his way to spend the night. His wife had died, so he was visiting the dead wife's relatives in Connecticut. All right, that's just the very first few sentences of this story. Now, I think you could hear the tone. This isn't a serious guy, and this isn't a guy who's excited to meet someone. Okay, I'm going to just read it again for you. This blind man, an old friend of my wife's, he was on his way to spend the night. His wife had died. 
So he was visiting the dead wife's relatives in Connecticut. Now, what I want you to notice about this is this, this author, Raymond Carver, has chosen to set up his story with a man and a tone. So it's irritation. You know right away this guy has to visit with someone and he doesn't want to. And it's something that doesn't happen every day. We're not we're not visited by someone A who might might be blind and B who's just had a serious loss and C doesn't live in our state. That doesn't happen every day. And this guy He's going to spend the night. So what you're getting in that opening line is that the narrator is letting you know my space is being encroached upon. This guy is showing up. He doesn't even speak respectfully. He speaks of his, you know, his dead wife. That That's not a very respectful way to say things. So... What you find out is that this starting point makes you intrigued to know about the irritable curmudgeon who is telling the story. What what happened? Why is the wife deceased? Why is the man blind? How was it that he became friends with the wife of the storyteller? And now he's in Connecticut, so he's not usually there. Where is he usually? All of this is sort of in our subconscious of what is this about? So now, Nick, if you're still with me, when you were taking that class, it's possible that your teacher wanted you to realize you can come into the entry of your story by... Uh, by showing mood. That's one way to come in. You don't tell a lot about the character. You tell a little more about why he's in this terrible mood. Maybe what you do is you showcase uh, a climatic incident. I remember when I was reading uh, Into Thin Air and John Krakauer just at the very beginning, very beginning, gives it away that at the top of the mountain, there's carnage. He's made it to the top of the mountain and it isn't the most spectacular moment of his life. Arriving at the top of Everest, he thought would be the best thing that could ever happen to him. But instead, he's overcome with grief because he's seeing the bodies of those that didn't make it down. He starts with this like, oh, heavy thing. But even though it's heavy, you want to know what happened. How did he get to the top? Why did the others not get back down? What happened on the way up? In just the very few opening lines, you're curious what's going on. Okay? Nick, there's so much to share about this topic. And what I want to tell you is that the entry point is where you get to just set up uh, 
your your stage as if you are in a very small theater and you only have a few props you only have just a little bit you can show people but you want them engaged you want them curious you want them disturbed you want them excited you want them to feel something other than just that mundane easy feeling you want to set them off just a little bit or a lot because you're getting their attention that's how we enter into the beginning of our novel and this this is something you really if it's a novel as opposed to a short story then you really want to have a sense of your character you want to have an idea of your plot you definitely want to have a general concept of what the book is all about and you want to know who's going to do the talking if you have that figured out you just might be ready for that opening line now i want to read you another one that is a totally totally different style but i i think it's very very intriguing because of its um it's got these run on qualities i bookmarked it for today's show here and this is this is by joseph connolly and it's called hard feelings you might be familiar with this so listen to how the opening rambles but it it causes a certain intrigue okay it says from the outside a pickup baseball game looks like nothing more than a bunch of guys playing a game but if you've been in there especially in there under the basket where most of the bumping and pushing goes on you know that every game is a jumble of little animosities and petty jealousies and that at least two guys on the court flat out hate each other aha i find this a very very interesting way to start the conversation around a basketball game okay I'm going to read it again. This is the opening. This is the entry point you were asking about, Nick, how we start a story. Notice this narrator, okay? He says, "From the outside, a pickup basketball games looks nothing more than a bunch of guys playing a game, but if you've been in there, especially in there under the basket where most of the bumping and pushing goes on, You know that every game is a jumble of little animosities and petty jealousies and that at least two guys on the court flat out hate each other. I think that's very intriguing. The author is Joseph Connolly and from there you learn about the characters. But he has set up a narrator that knows something, knows something about the game. of just just a running out on the basketball court a couple of guys playing he knows that there's going to be this super competitive jealous edge that anyone anyone is familiar with 
especially when they are in the heart of the game, standing right under the hoop. I find that really intriguing. It pulls me in, even though I don't play basketball, even though I'm not a guy, even though I'm not an athlete. It pulls me in. It's inviting me to know about character. Had keywords in there. Jealousy. Had another great word. Animosity. Mm. All right. There was pushing. There was bumping. This, this whole notion of being physical and it's juxtaposed with our psychologies, our jealous animosities. Now, I've had, I've had time as a writing teacher to look that over. So I know the effect it has on readers. But even if you've never heard that opening line before, I want you to notice how it's a great rambling on sentence that a key narrator helped us just jump right into the story. We felt like we had a certain understanding of a pickup game of basketball just from that one long line. So all of this is to say, this just might be the summer where you take on writing your first novel. And if it is, boy, I would love to hear what you're up to. Drop me a line. Tell me what you're thinking about. Let me know if you need a coach. Let me know if there's something we talked about today that you'd like to go into a little further. And if you'd like to schedule a 20 to 30 minute consultation just to get some help in starting out, I invite you to write to me. I'm at coachdebbie.com. Again, it's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. Just click on connect and send me a little note. Let's set up a time to meet and see how I can help you. I put together new topics for you every single Thursday. I love spending this time with you. If you miss the live show, we've always got podcasts on several platforms. So I'll see you again very soon, my friends. Until next time, namaste. Namaste.